first set of home games done let's set these predictions in before anyone if you think you're lost let's help you find your way or you can sit back relax and listen up to the ball is bay your favorite nba podcast in an indian accent back at it again this week with your weekly dose of the nba if this is your first time listening to this elaborate intro you can catch it every week on your, all your favorite podcast listening channels including libsyn spotify stitcher and even youtube for all you weird folks always remember though the more you listen the more something something engagement the more something something monetization and of course the more something something get me out of bed every morning yeah. uh, speaking of more <laughs> i've got with me as always co-host basketball guru and the better beard on this podcast uh, vinit devaya joining me all the way from sunny luxembourg where immigrants and cross border employees contribute to 70% of the workforce vinit how are you doing this fine day <laughs> i have nothing to say i think the podcast is over Whoa. you have done some research my friend well you know you've gone through listen. wikipedia and found out some words about luxembourg look at you <laughs> Well, you are one of the immigrant workforce there, so I had to do my. But speaking bit. of cross border, we uh-huh. have somebody from a great institution called Crossover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's welcome Sean from the Crossover Academy. Definitely, it gives us immense pleasure in our hearts and anxious butterflies in our stomachs to introduce someone who needs no introduction. But you know, since this is a podcast and his voice isn't like Morgan Freeman, we will be introing him anyways. A warm Wallace Bay welcome to Sean Jaisandran, founder of the Crossover Academy. Welcome to the podcast, Sean. It's great that you could find some time. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Uh, my my voice isn't quite as deep as Morgan's, but you know, <laughs> I do my best. Uh, but. Uh, I'm also slightly jealous that you guys say my last name better than I do, but uh, well, you but know, I just appreciate podcast it. Podcast in so. an Indian accent. <laughs> yeah, this exactly. is the only. This is the only podcast where that is true. <laughs> exactly. You guys are you're killing it. But I, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, big fans love what you guys are doing. Love the fact that uh, there's genuine interest uh, beyond the hype of basketball in India and how it uh, it's working out and. Uh, it's it's just great to watch how the community is growing and the fact that you know people are tuning in listening and and wanting to be part of uh something bigger uh, for us uh, as long as basketball grows in india like uh, even through either through the nba or anywhere else it's you know personal uh, passion project for us so if you could just tell us something about the crossover academy i'm sure a lot of people would be interested in and also like how sure. you, how you got into basketball and like you know i think your journey as a basketball player then how you felt like Basketball could bring social change. I think that would be like a good. My, my God, we might. I might just eat up your entire podcast time here. All right, it's okay. Uh, so our, bat, our yeah, moms bat. have all the time. Our moms have all the time. <laughs> I'm jealous. I think my my mom is still convinced basketball is not going to put food on the table for me. So, uh, you know, uh, I think we've all heard it. So I'm good with that. Uh, but yeah, basketball. You know. Uh, I was a soccer kid growing up, uh, you know, and uh, basketball just became bigger and bigger because uh, I was born and raised out in uh, Western Canada. And uh, during that Jordan era of the Bulls, the end of the magic stuff, the bird, um, it, it, it became captivating, right? And it became something you wanted to see. And, uh, and I've been very, very lucky and fortunate um, in my athletic pursuits in that. So, uh you know, when I started playing, I actually had coaches who were like, look, we need to teach you the game the right way. Um, I was always uh, a nerd, even more so than uh, the average typical Indian American kid. And uh, so, like, I 
even whether it was soccer, whether it was hockey, and then when it, whether, when it was basketball, I would go to the library and take out coaching books. And I would literally run myself through drills, <laughs> you know, like, okay, how do, how do I get good at this fast? I need to catch up to kids. Um, and so I, you know, I started to play, I started to understand the game. I started to really break that down. Um, but a lot of it was just like, you know, raw flow playing, uh, trying to mimic, you know, the Jordan moves, the Pippins, the, uh, unfortunately like the John Starks of the world. Right. Um, <laughs> I'll come back to that in a second, but, uh, so I moved to the U S though, when I'm 16, so right about to, uh, start, uh, 11 standard and, mm-hmm. um, and I get really blessed. You know, we pick a school in the DC area and uh, the high school coach happens to be a man named Bill Sweek. And Coach Sweek, I owe so much to because Coach Sweek played and won three rings with the legendary John Wooden at UCLA. He was on all of the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar teams. Wow. He was sixth man. He was a McDonald's All-American. You name it. And Coach Sweek has it. Um, played in Coach Pro in Europe. Uh, and so he took a look at me and was like, you know, uh, and it was a stereotype, right? Right away. The first thing he said was, I, I don't think I've seen an Indian kid play basketball. <laughs> and, uh, and my response was like, how about a Canadian kid, right? Like, give me something uh, that I can intro myself in. But then, um, but he really was wonderful. Like, you know, I made the squad and we're working in it's old school John Wooden, right? Teach you how to put on your socks so that you mm-hmm. don't get blisters and tie your shoes properly to wow. pyramid of success to that high post offense, but really understanding the game and um, being able to manipulate the game that way. And uh, that created a lifelong love, passion affair for me of how basketball goes beyond the, the lines on the court and extend everywhere. Uh, coach was really adamant about like, if you're not giving me the best in the classroom or your teachers are saying that, how do I, how can I trust you that you're telling me you're giving me all you have on the court? So all of those lessons started to extend. And let's be honest, I didn't really think I was gonna play, you know, uh, much past college. I was pretty stoked that schools wanted me to play in college uh, in the U.S., uh, and that was pretty exciting for uh, a brown skin dude back in the day. Um, now we've got these game changers out here, right, uh, who are just tearing it up. So I have a very unique story in that my mom is this rock star. Um, I'll call her a rock star in that my mom was born and raised in an orphanage in, in Chennai, India, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you picture what's the life of an orphan girl in India right now, to even and then take it back 60 years. Um, you can only imagine the obstacles and stuff, she, right? And so she literally busts her tail and studies so hard that like they can't pull her out of school. Nobody can make her leave. And she gets to go to University of Madras. Um, she immigrates to Canada, marries my dad. But like any ungrateful son growing up, right? Um, I literally was like, yeah, yeah, mom, everybody had it hard. Yeah, yeah, mom, everybody had that life. You know, like I could not imagine like what it was like to be like an orphan child in India. I just couldn't. And um, and as I got older, you know, I, I remember being there for a wedding and talking to some of these nuns and they're like, oh yeah, your mom like is by far outworked everyone. Like she, you're you, like, don't even try, right? And you're like, oh, oh, maybe there's something there. And then I started looking at, I started deep diving into those numbers, right? Like, I know you're like, oh my gosh, like one in five kids in the world live in India right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How many kids in India live below the poverty line, the international poverty line? How many kids leave government schools before they get to high school? Like, what do mm-hmm. these stats look like? And, you know, I, I, I'm my mom's kid, but I'm not like staying up till 3 a.m. 
studying by candlelight like her, like I was the kid who was maybe shooting baskets till 3 a.m. So, uh, so for me, it became like, how do I connect these worlds? And that's where that, um, the impetus for crossover came from, right? Like I started playing with the idea of, hey, Coach Wooden laid some found foundation. My mom's laid some foundation. India's there. Um, and I hate, I, I've always hated the idea that we expect um, those less fortunate to have to work harder than everyone else. Um, I just didn't like the idea of telling like a 10 year old kid, you have to go study more versus how can I reach that kid and teach through fun, right? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, you know exactly. hoops, hoops is my love, right? And hoops in India is cool because it's known like, you know, and it's known more now than, you know, nine years ago, but it's known. And at the same time, there isn't like this huge mass playing pool yet. Yeah. So when I introduced it and I introduced it as a co-ed idea too, the boys weren't far enough ahead of the girls to exclude the girls, right? Okay. It's not cricket. It's not football where the boys are, have been playing for years and therefore <laughs> maybe when they're excluding a girl, a lot of it's also that they're not good. It, it kind of gave the boys and the girls an, uh, an actual level playing court to start on. And, um, and so we kind of evolved it. And with my connections from college hoops, we started to grow it, right? We started to look at how social change can come, but where can we make impact? So we started bringing in these college players. We have now over 2,100 kids who have gone through crossover. We're seeing 85% of them stay in school. We're seeing uh, almost 60% girls participation. And, uh, and we make no bones about it. We're not here to be the next million dollar arm. I'm not saying we're producing a pro, but I'm saying we're producing another 2,000 kids in India who love basketball and are and are finding a way to use basketball to to further themselves in life. Exactly. I mean, basketball is a sport, but what you're doing with their lives, I think, is, <laughs> like, you know, has got much more impact. Yeah, I mean, I think, I I think uh, if, if our listeners have been listening to our previous podcast, it's a lot of just uh, pretty mundane stuff with our opinions, <laughs> just shouting on each other. <laughs> getting yeah. pressed and you know <laughs> opinionating on on crossovers and uh, book dunks and so it, it's really good to have a change of uh, sort of tone and and uh, a little bit more of a kind of a serious no i wouldn't say serious but a little bit more of a uh and something which makes a little more impact in this world. no word yeah <laughs> i mean no worries i can argue basketball with you guys for the best of the days too so in that case let's uh get to the arguing part of it we will yes where are we starting uh we're starting off with the city of brotherly love philadelphia All showed right. absolutely no love to toronto uh, they smashed him last night. <laughs> smashed him, absolutely. I think it was this morning in India. Uh, Kyle Lowry walking triple single. Embiid just looked Embiid. And uh, Kawhi, I think, just went expressionless. Like he was dumbstruck as to how this could happen in this city. Uh, uh, we'll start off with you, Sean. I mean, I-, I think we all expected Toronto to, like, you know, impose themselves. I was of the opinion that because mo- the more better players on the court are on the Philly side. I would have expected uh, Philly to be the dominant team because they have the best center and they have, and they can kind of nullify Ben Simmons's absence of shooting with, you know, Tobias Harris and uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, but I, I, after the first game, I don't think anyone expected Philly to be 2-1 up in the series. So what's up with that? Um, yeah, that's a great question, right? Um, what's up with that for me? I think... 
out of your opinion, right? Like, I think there's a lot of length and a lot of strength in Philadelphia. I think they've been mm-hmm. building this for a long time. And there's a lot of, like, manifest destiny, right? Like, they feel like this is where they're supposed to be, yeah. whether or not it's true. And I think whether or not we like it, Toronto's still a new team, right? Mm-hmm. Nick yep. Nurse is new and Kawhi's new, right? Yep. This isn't old Toronto. And, and, and Spicy P is new, right? Like, he's still finding himself, right? Like, um, there's a, there's a good example in in that game that last game where Siakam had a chance to throw down on Embiid and start instead leaned away from him and let Embiid come and get the block, right? He didn't he didn't go and say I'm going to assert my will and I'm going to at least try to throw it on you and draw the foul. He legitimately leaned away from him and fell to the ground, right? Um, and I think I'll give a shout out to my man Scott O'Neill. I think Scott's brilliant. Uh, I say shout out just because I, I love the fact that he occasionally will email me back and uh, and I'll take that as a win. But um, he, he's definitely listening to this podcast though. He's definitely, <laughs> he is right this, is, this is his go-to podcast. He wakes up in the I, morning. Is. You know what? We got to, when, when this goes, I'm going to cut that snippet and send it over to him, right? But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but like his moves are smart, right? Like, like think about it. He pulled off stealing Tobias Harris from the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mike Scott's given the minutes too. Right. But he pulls off a stealing Tobias Harris, who is their leading scorer in the playoffs. For nothing. Right. He's like at 15 and a half points. I mean, who did he give up? Right. He gave up Wilson Chandler. Like, are you kidding me? What was it? Wilson Chandler, uh, Mike Muscala, and Landry Shamit for Tobias Harris and Mike That's... Scott. And then yeah. the, the love of Boban. Oh, Come man. On. Like, give me some Boban. Right. Like, he. You're all of a sudden, so we're, I remember like people are talking, right? Like, okay, Simmons can't shoot. Butler is streaky and B gets hurt. And then you got Tobias Harris. <laughs> right? Like yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, right. We've still got this dude. And you've got JJ who's ready to fire off whenever yeah. he's open. Right? Mm-hmm. So you, he limits any double team that you can bring. I don't know. To me, like Toronto, I want to see Toronto win. I think they do eventually win, but I don't think. It's a cakewalk at any point. I think. No, no, I don't fourth think. Fourth option yeah. is Tobias Harris. <laughs> man, that's a good. Man, like, yes, yeah. <laughs> Vinit. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, you you heard Sean say like there's no love for Kawhi. Oh, what is what is up with that? Like, what do you mean there's no I love mean, for Kawhi? Who doesn't have no a love? Kawhi? I didn't say that. <laughs> let me I'm let me burn burn a few. I, I, just, I, just want, I just want to say this thing about Kawhi Leonard. He is a beast on offense now. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I should love him for his defense, but. Like he was, he's he's been unstoppable all the three games. Just Definitely. he would go to wherever he but, wants but to you, go. You, but but that's what we want, right? Like if Kawhi goes, we want a victory. Like Toronto would love a victory if Kawhi's gone off. If Kawhi's gone off, and yet you're being held back by like Kyle Lowry can't be scoring this low. I mean, even Siakam has showed up. I mean, what what is this happening? This Gasol can't stop and beat. I mean, is this just Listen, a, this is a that seven bad of a game matchup? series? This is a seven game series. This is a seven right? game series. Okay. The first right. game. The, listen, the first game, the Toronto Raptors crushed. The Absolutely, yeah. They just yeah. crushed them, right? The second game was very close, mm-hmm. right? It was, I think, they two. Right? I think, like a minute down, they were like, it was a two, yeah. I mean, two it, point it was game. that one position, then the foul game one happened, pos- and yeah, then, yeah. you know, just yeah. yeah. Hmm. And now, uh, you know, they they now uh, pass. They, yeah, they, they, they pass. 
But yeah, I think that this game was just weird. This was not a, a like it's it's it reminds me of the Spurs and Nuggets finals game, right? The final seven. It's not a typical Spurs game. How did you manage to bring the Spurs back into this? <laughs> <conversation? laughs> <laughs> because we gotta talk know. about the Spurs Nuggets game seven. No, you don't. Come on. No, we no we don't. <laughs> Yeah. The Spurs are history, yes. But what what did it remind you of? Of it just not being a typical uh, Toronto game. Okay, you that's know, what. I, I'll give them that. I think Toronto is. This is the first time Toronto's facing a punch. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Adversity. This is this is again. This is why you hired Nick Nurse, mm-hmm. apparently, right? Like. <laughs> Is this, that's a sl- that that is that is was that like an off backhanded comment? <laughs> Apparently, no. I'm just saying. Okay, you fired you fired your coach of the year. Yeah. Right. But does Nick? So this is where Nick Nurse is supposed to prove his value, yeah. right? This is where, like, what's your change of game plan? Are you going to find a way for like Jody Meeks and Jeremy Lin to start scoring? Like, who's going to come and start putting in points? Like Ibaka isn't doing much right now, yeah. so. And Marcus all the old, like I, I don't know why you don't just match Ibaka onto Embiid, onto Embiid That's and let them go one on one. Because because he can't stop Embiid. Nobody can yeah, stop Embiid. That's fine. Could, but no, I think okay, that's so, all. Deserve, but okay. let's no. let's go, let's go back to the old school like Jordan rules idea, though, right? Okay. Can let's make Embiid like let's make Embiid score forty five points a game and beat me. Yeah, okay. right. That's a good... if Embiid is going to beat me from the post in twenty nineteen playoffs, awesome. If he can score fifty from on the block mm-hmm. and his mid range and then the occasional three, awesome. Because that means nobody else in Philly is contributing. Yeah, yeah. The ball is dead, right? Like it's going into one person. It's a black. Like why double him at this point? Let like let's see what he can do. Yeah. And if you do, let's put him on his ass and uh, let's make him pay the price. Yeah. Just, just make him. Yeah. That's a great. Uh... He's like, is his body gonna hold up over seven games of physical basketball? Yeah. Versus like right now he's getting a free run. Mm-hmm. I I think of what you said, the most of what you said made sense is, I mean, the thing that you said which most made sense is that fact that, uh, I mean, they they have to let Embiid tire out like Embiid can't be getting 33 points and then all this rebounds and kicking it out for JJ Redick and kicking it out for all the shooters they have to uh, and, and that adjustment has to be there I, I guess that's where Nick Nurse comes into the picture can can Toronto like, can Toronto adjust yeah or if you're sending the double right send mm-hmm. it from Simmons and literally don't don't rotate don't, rotate. don't close <laughs> out on Simmons make him have to shoot that thing next we move on to the Warriors and Rockets like that uh you know, you know. There's always that one series where, like, uh, this keep keeps on coming up against it, and they can't ever end up, you know, beating them. It's almost like India, Pakistan, and World Cup series. Like Pakistan keeps on every single time. They're like, yes, this time, and this time, and this time. I think this is like the fourth or fifth time Warriors and Rockets are matching up, and every year they're like, okay, this year we're better. This year we are driven by SAP analytics. This year we're driven by SAP and big data. This year we're driven by uh, flopping and all that. You just, you just hate on Daryl, aren't you? Hate <laughs> Well, I, I'm an analytics guy, at least I pretend to be, but uh, see, Warriors, are, uh, in my opinion, I don't think the Warriors are great because because they are just great scorers. They are also extremely unselfish. They take smart shots, plus they've got Kevin Durant. So that is why I, I think the Warriors are great. Like, it's not... it's not. Oh, we have three of the best shooters in history. <laughs> exactly. Oh, let me be selfish. <laughs> but... Come on, man. <laughs> Exactly right. Like you, you, uh, you. Sh- if you shut down uh, Steph Curry, you have uh, 
clay, you have uh, if you shut down two of them, you still have clay. If you shut down clay, then well, I mean, if you can shut down everyone, then that's a different ball game altogether. And that's, we'll then be... you probably then you probably don't have anybody who can score on your team. <laughs> exactly, like it's the bad boy Pistons all over again. Uh, Shout out to the best best NBA team ever. Whoa, Ew. whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> Uh, such such takes are to be second uh, <laughs> after the Spurs, I guess. After the Spurs, <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll talk about the matchups in a while, but uh, there's a lot of hue and cry about these refereeing decisions and uh, uh, Rockets trying to get fouls instead of making baskets. And Vinita, I'll, I'll come to you first. Uh, I mean, you you must have seen game one, right? Game one, I agree, there was a little bit of a. But how how? nice or how professional do you think it is to uh, like make such a make the referees look so bad and uh, or maybe if you look at the other side do you think the referees maybe had a little bit of something a naughty naughty business going on in the inside because some of those falls on James Harden shooting Mm -hmm. you could have called them like they they really went through his body so I, I don't know like what do you make of that little arrangement I think uh you know I think it's a little bit of everything. That's it's a little bit of everything. As, as is life. Yeah, as is life. It's a little bit of everything. I think a lot of people are really uh, kind of tired of James Harden's flops, mm-hmm. and I think uh, the uh, shout out to the uh, shout out to Hoopastani for this. Uh, whenever James Harden uh, flopping is mentioned, we have to shout him oh, out. Tehran. <laughs> yeah. And I always send him an MVP gif every time he bitches him out. <laughs> That, that pisses him off to no end. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think everyone's just kind of tired of the, the flops of James Harden. Uh, and so I think the referees are being a little bit more like, okay, you know, we're not going to do it anymore for you and we're going to be a little bit more strict. Uh, but then, you know, trying to be more strict, they kind of became extremely strict. So yeah. a lot of calls <laughs> were kind of bad uh, yeah, and at the wrong they're... times. Mm-hmm. So I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's basketball, man. You just You just live with the results. That's what I say. <laughs> Sean, Sean is giving me this look. This guy has never played basketball. No, I mean, <laughs> like, no, these guys are fun. Like, you know, that that's a tough... The referees, are, it's, it's just a game right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Jordan had the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget that, right? Like, I mean, much more physical era, but... Uh, like referencing those, those bad boy Pistons, right? Where they gave it to him and they knocked him down, right? And Harden's got, I'm going to go back, he's got a mental block. Like, he needs somebody else on his team to score and win the damn first game for him. Okay. Right? Like, he needs somebody, no, and like, because right now, everything is on his shoulders, and he knows it, and everyone knows it. And so, I don't care who you are, you've got seven-foot Kevin Durant with his, like, gargantuan nine-feet-long arms, (laughs) like, closing out on you. Um, And he's Kevin Durant. He's not Draymond Green, right? You are you going to call a foul on Kevin Durant with the game on the line, mm-hmm. right? You are you going to literally sacrifice another superstar for Harden, right? Like this is like those cases are tough, and and Harden's not making himself easier by not attacking the basket, but we've developed a, a professional basketball game in the U.S. that is driven around three pointers and fouls and creating fouls, right? And so he's been getting those calls all year. Mm-hmm. So, and he has, mind you, right, not against Kevin Durant, but he's been getting those calls. So who's he supposed to, like, unless you're changing your entire style at the last second. And that's why I'm like, he's got to go to his teammates. He's got to, like, 
Chris Paul has to show up, right? Again, who did they give up for Chris Paul right now that you're sitting there going, man, could they use Lou Williams? Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, how sad is that? And I'm not saying, like, old Chris Paul, old Chris Paul's the real deal, yeah. right? Uh, younger Chris Paul, I guess I should say. Current old Chris Paul is not there right now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Clint Capella isn't going to win you a game. Like, who is your who, – who are they going to? And D'Antoni is smart, but he also – and he's smart to the point where, like I said – where he doesn't have another option, right? And so you've got to talk to Harden about like, how are you creating action for Harden to come off the ball to get a switch, to get a Draymond on him and he can attack Draymond, right? Cause he's not going to get it when it's in the ISO situation. Okay. And even if it's a ball screen, they're just going to go over top the ball screen and they're going to hedge and they're going to trap to get the ball out of Harden's hand, mm-hmm. right? So you have to have Chris Paul coming off of a ball screen at the top and then Harden coming off of a down screen somewhere else to free Harden up. Well, <laughs> look at that look. Well. He's a coach, man. He's a coach. He's not like you. I'm just saying, you like, you have to, you have to think about this in a way that like, how do you get Harden the ball in the best possible situation? Yeah. yeah. Because in no, to nobody in NBA history is getting the ball with Kevin Durant in front of you, like a positive net result. Yeah. Like, Right, even getting in front of Chris instead of Steph Curry. I I, I want Steph covering James Harden. Mm-hmm. I even that, want Clay trying to cover. Yeah, that's him. a good matchup. I don't want seven foot freak of nature Kevin Durant to cover you because Kevin Durant can win Defensive Player of the Year if he wants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if he's Kawhi Leonard has something to say about it. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, like, think about it. If Kevin Durant, and you know that, right? Like, if Kevin Durant said, "Okay, I'm going to pl- flat out play D this year." <laughs> Like all 82 games. Yeah, that's, that's true. A no, no, I, like, I'm not going to score. I can guard all five positions. <laughs> I'm only going to score in the fourth quarter. And, just... and then in the fourth quarter, I'm going to score 30, and then that's it. <laughs> yes, which he can do. Which he, he can, can do, right? Yeah, yeah he can do that. Like, like, uh, like in, in throwing up back to Kawhi, and I know I'm talking a lot here, but uh, I like, shoot, wouldn't you throw Kawhi Leonard at Joel Embiid at some point? I would, because he would be great at stealing the like, ball. He would be that, and Embiid would actually, again, Embiid would have to win the game in the post. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's no way he's going to face up on Kawhi. Yeah. There's no way he's going to shoot a three on Kawhi. Like, go ahead. You can back down Kawhi all day, and again, I'm going to give you, I'm going to make you score 30 points by doing 15, like, drop step layups. Yeah. And tire you out, too. Like, it, that stuff is and tiring. Tyra, you're not, you're, I'm not going to put you on the free throw line. Yeah. Then, but, but then wouldn't uh, yeah, Kawhi also like, get... Like, when you're talking about the Rockets, like... Yeah. You know, I, I think it's very interesting to observe that both James Harden and Kevin Durant were in OKC at one point of time. And oh my God, why do you have to keep bringing that up? <laughs> and now they're not. Uh, now they're Russell, not. Russell Westbrook. And it's called Russell Brickbrook. No, what's that? I feel like Russell Peters needs to do a skit about Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and use his parents' Russell voice. Russell, oh stop shooting. <laughs> Because that would be a win. All right. right? Like, yeah. so, 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 Sean, who's your, who's your favorite player right now in NBA? Oh. Uh, favorite player to watch? Um, probably. I mean, it's a push between Durant or LeBron in person. Mm-hmm. Like, to watch, they're just poetry. Uh, I've been uh, I've been really lucky. Like, I live in Boston right now, right? And I've seen LeBron play, I think, now six times from, like, basically courtside seats. Um 
Did and you see him last year in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals? I was there for Game 7 in Boston. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my boy Vasu, Cole Carney, called me up and said, hey, I got tickets. I'm driving up from New York right now. <laughs> um, and we were like 10 rows back. And it was pretty unreal oh, behind the Cleveland bench. And nice. it was – LeBron is – LeBron is LeBron. Mm-hmm. I mean, and these guys, when you take basketball as a purely like poetic, the ballet of, of athleticism – there's nothing like those two. Um, you know, I think one of the best games I saw was I saw Kevin Durant and oh, what's his name? Oh, it's totally uh, Gravis Vasquez. So Kevin Durant and Gravis Vasquez in high school play against Ty Lawson and Mike Beasley in a high school game. Oh. And if you want to talk about like, 17 year olds at their best <laughs> going at it, uh, I get, and that's where like Kevin Durant was special. Like these guys know how to finish and, their their passion. I I think Durant is is uniquely special, like LeBron, in that they also their brain. LeBron is super basketball focused, and then he's built out this. I think Kevin's always been had multiple interests in life, mm-hmm. and it's why like he doesn't need to stay with a team. It's why the same thing with LeBron, right? Like it's a job still to them. Okay. They've always known it was a job, mm-hmm. and the way we treat high school ball in the U.S., it's a job. Like for those guys, so it's always been a job. So why wouldn't I? I'm going to go to where it's going to make the most sense for me. Versus, so I, I don't buy into the non-loyal thing. I think all of us have jobs, and nobody yells at you when you leave a company to go somewhere <laughs> to another company. I don't understand why we yell at a, a dude for signing somewhere else. Bucks and Celtics. That series is now one all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celtics in the driver's seat with the home court advantage. But um, I, I mean, I've been supporting Celtics since the playoff because I feel Brad Stevens is an absolute genius of a coach and he will make the necessary arrangements. But the way the box came back... And... selfish point guards. I mean, love selfish point guards. We should have a Sean coach. as a coach. Our, our no, I'm wetting my next uh, guest. I can't have this uh, beat down. <laughs> I live in Boston. I'm telling you that, like, because because this is a fact. Ashwin <laughs> loves selfish players. He's a Kobe fan. He he buys Kobe's books, and so it's a great. You have you have looked into the soul of Ashwin in like he has, uh, figured me in, out in 40 minutes of talking. <laughs> See that? That's it. We are betting our next uh, guest. We cannot have this like, repeat. <laughs> Mandatory questions. Do you like OKC? <laughs> no, are you gonna I argue? Like score a lot and can't win. <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, coming God, back to the box. Coming back to the box, though. Go back. Bucks, Let's go. Yes. Let's go Bucks. talk about these Celtics box. Yes. 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 Oh, uh, the man from the Celtics. Like, what, what do you think the Celtics' chances are for, like, keeping home court? They're good. I mean, the Celtics are really good. Let, let's not get that wrong, right? They come at you with so many different prongs that, like like they won a game and Tatum scored like six points, right? Like they can do that. There's so many different levers that Brad Stevens can pull. And he's very knowledgeable about that. Right. He's got mm-hmm. a smart coaching staff uh, behind him. They all work together, but they're when they're not selfish. Right. And they have two, two guards who can be, who can, who can demand the ball between Rozier and Irving. But when they're moving the ball, I mean, you talk about Horford and you talk about Baines and you're talking about Morris coming off the bench and Jalen Brown. Oh, and that dude, Gordon Hayward, (laughs) right? Like, who's all of a sudden playing back like he was in in Utah. You have 
you have a very scary team, and it's just if they're willing to play that way for 48 minutes or if they if they lose focus. Because they don't actually, let's be honest, they can play that way for 24 minutes and still win a game. Yeah. Because they have so many different levers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, was there something so, something that you saw in the between the game one and game two? Because game one, like they, I, I thought Celtics absolutely came with a proper plan. Like they knew this is what we're going to do. We're going to hit them hard and then keep keep that pressure on. And But in game two, maybe a little lackadaisical coach, your thoughts? I don't know if it was the coach. Uh, I, I mean, I think Giannis decided he needed to be Giannis. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it's the same hurdle that like Harden's facing. Right? You have to you have to step into a role and you have to attack. And Giannis, you know, I mean, let's be honest, Giannis can't shoot great either. He's not Simmons level, but he can't, like, but he decided I still need to pull the trigger, and I st- but then he still attacked, right? Yeah. He went at Boston and made them collapse. And because Boston does great. Uh, I don't know how much you guys watch college hoops, but like the Boston approach to, to Giannis is very similar to how UVA plays defense, which is gap defense, right? Um, when Giannis gets the ball, they all sink, and they're willing to give up everything else in the world, yeah. right? What happened for Milwaukee was Middleton starts hitting shots, mm-hmm. right? And all of a sudden, you can't sink quite as much as you did, which get, opens up lanes, right? And Giannis recognized it and went right at their jugular with it, right? Uh, Bledsoe still isn't playing well. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's playing awesome right now, uh, at least in this series. Um, Lopez is Lopez. George Hill is a winner. I hate to say Like, everybody's going to say, like, it sounds strange, right? But George Hill right now looks a lot like what Steve Kerr and Robert Ory did to an extent, right? Like, He's been to what two straight finals, right? He's he's been there, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'm not saying he was the man, but I'm saying he's a locker room presence. That's like, hey, this is what you need to do to, for us to win. Mm-hmm. I've seen it, and everyone believes him, right? Um, also, think, he ha- he was the reason uh, why we had the J.R. Smith moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right? Yeah. He learned, right? <laughs> he learned. He saw both sides, right? Because I, I think it's funny. Like everybody wants to talk about how Kyrie has like the most winning percentage of a playoff player ever, right? right. They forget that Kyrie didn't make the playoffs yeah. until LeBron shoots up. <laughs> right? Like, there's this whole losing era of people forget about Kyrie, which winning does, right? Um, but George Hill is similar, right? Two straight years, two straight playoff runs. He's around. <clears throat> I don't think Connaughton's played well yet. I don't think... And they don't have Brogdon. I think, you know, um, I don't know what the status report is on Brogdon, but... Man, he, like, he can go and he can shut down people. Like, if you put Brogdon on the wing, it also changes the series. I think Brogdon right? like, was uh, part of the 50-40-90 club before he got injured. But I think the, the coaching adjustments are going to be on both sides. I think it's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think this is, again, why Brad Stevens is considered a great coach. But he also he gets a lot of love for not having figured out a way to get past LeBron. Right, like in the same way, the Toronto coach got fired for the exact same situation. Right, like uh, if if you had you to know, pick between if you had to pick between Coach Bud and Brad Stevens, who would you pick? Oh, I think Brad Stevens is brilliant. Like, there's there's no doubt that he is he's an out he's out thinking people. Right, like um, <clears throat> you just have to look at what he did at Butler. Right, like he crushed people with a small market college team. Um, and, and that's the other part, right? He's got the buy-in of Gordon Hayward for the last 10 years, <laughs> right? Like, like, and, and Gordon Hayward's like, you know, as much as he wants to look like he's in a boy band, is a 6'9", you know, Nick Lachey who can ball, 
and <laughs> you uh, just call him Nicholas. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's India, right? You could be, is he a six nine Nick Jonas? Then? I don't know. We, we haven't adopted Nick Jonas yet. You know, yeah, please yet. stop passing him yet. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. All you know, all those all those magazines are ready to crown him. You know, the, you know he's going to be challenging Modi next. Is what you guys are going to see. So, <laughs> but I, but I, I think it'll be interesting. I don't. I don't do you need a, a phenomenal coach to get past Coach Stevens? No. I mean, we LeBron has shown it. I'm not knocking Lou. Lou's a good person controller. Um, he isn't like the X and O's genius, but he did keep everyone happy, right? People weren't upset when Toronto like um, Coach Bud. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna. It's like what we saw, right? We were talking about Tobias Harris earlier, right? It's gonna be if Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, and Brook Lopez hit shots. It's that's the series right there. See, uh, uh, one thing I've, I've learned about basketball is that, like, usually the team that has the best player kind of wins, for the most part. And, uh, you know, Giannis is the best player on in that entire series. And it's and he's not playing with scrubs. He's playing with a good team. Uh, so that's why I'm always biased to the team that has the better player. And and it's not like, you know, it's not, it's not a... It's not a <coughs> Uh, it, it's just a matter of will this better player step up, right? And uh, I think Giannis has that in him. He showed it in this last game where he's like, "No, I really want to win this series." Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna place my bets on 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 Milwaukee in six. The other one is uh, you know this is not the hardest thing that Giannis has ever done, right? Like when yeah. you look at his life path, right? Like this isn't like pressure to him. No, no, right? of course like, not. My man, my man's battled everything coming yeah. out of the streets of and, and getting out of Greece, right? Like, didn't have a suit till like... Like, it's not a fake hood story, you know? It's not like one of those no. fake hood stories. Yeah, I, w- I was no, born in the like hood. This dude, this dude didn't have anything... Gi- this, this dude didn't have anything given to him. And he yeah. got shipped up to Milwaukee, right? Like, where it's cold and there really aren't that many uh, people of color hanging around. And, yeah, I mean, he's he's awesome. Um, and I and I think, I think part of it's going to be, like, how much where's the debate of when how much Kyrie tries to take over how much Rogier tries to take over does Rogier get people involved because uh Rogier more than anybody I think gets really excited about putting in points <laughs> and and wanting to and you know because he's still playing for another contract yes exactly. he needs to start somewhere else yeah so he's trying to show out um but on the Boston connection you're forgetting that uh Giannis's man Pat Connaughton's from here Right, Connison's from Boston. He's going to be playing in some friendly confines. They they could use him knocking down some shots right now. Mm, yeah. So that might be interesting. I would love to see Pat Connison have a homecoming where he goes off. Yeah, that'd be but good. We, we, so. we will see if that happens. I know uh, no one really cares about the Nuggets and uh, and Blazers. So let's move on. But yeah, I mean, still uh, Nuggets. I, I think uh, it's one-one. So Portland has home court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, like I'm not really sure what the Nuggets offense is about. I mean, at least I know that you know Portland is all about uh, Lillard and McCollum making their shots, and uh, uh, there's a little bit of Ennis Cantor with his left separated shoulder and a little bit of uh, little post play. But uh, how, how do we, you see can this? We go, can we go over the fact that uh, just real quick that Ennis Cantor got the NBA Turkey social media dude fired? Oh, I love that! Like, come on, absolutely. That is <laughs> boss. That's, that is boss. That's pretty. Boss that's move. a pretty boss move. Yeah, that's a boss move. Right? right like, there. Yeah. Like, the fact that he yeah. he trolls them hard enough, <laughs> the NBA has to fire somebody on the other side of the world. Exactly. Right? That, 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 is, is like, that is brilliant. Yeah. 
I mean, he, he, I, I, mean, I think that's, he, <laughs> that's a win. I think that's. I mean, but what I didn't like uh, about no, not that part. What I didn't like about Lil was I think some of the Nuggets fans were trolling him, saying, "Go back to Turkey." Oh no, you can't. And then he got yeah, no, most like, that, oh. I think there's crossing a line. No, I think, and I think, um, I think there's a lot of Americans who don't know where that line is. Sometimes when it mm-hmm. comes to like chanting a player, we, 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 I'll give Russell Westbrook credit there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like. Some of these guys are put in really tough spots, and I think, um, and I think the NBA is starting to figure that out. Like it's a hard. I think every workplace is like, where's the lines on inclusion versus being able to speak your mind, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so I was happy to see Enos Cantor get something, and I, I was happy to see the NBA back up their player and not say, oh, you just have to live with it, right? Like I think they did, and the same thing with the Westbrook situation. They didn't like. I think I think in that regard. Sorry, that's a side note of. No, no, I mean we 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 uh, we did discuss it and we. And I and I don't know. I just went to my first IPL match this year, right? So Uh I don't know how nasty the crowds can be. Uh, I mean, I was in Delhi and I watched um, CSK dominate. So. uh, No, I think I think Indian in general are very peaceful people. No, that's not true at all. We're very Uh, we're racist in a very in a very quiet tone. No, we are racist in Hindi and the foreigners don't understand Hindi. Somebody's going to call you on and call into a fight, right? No, no, no. I mean, he did. I think all crowds uh, they exhibit that mob behavior that you know you can't. Uh, you're like in a mob. You have a mask, so you can do something. It's. A... Mind you, I, I'm still humored, right? Like the Delhi Capitals had um, Elena Beard, two-time WNBA Defensive Player of the Year, hanging out. Where she's in the crowd at the Delhi Capitals game, and nobody, no, at no part do they acknowledge she's there. Well, I don't think anybody follows the WNBA in India, do they? That's fair. That's that's very fair too. They may have no clue who she is. Yeah, but no, I, uh, they I mean, I'm sure. Because I think, yeah, but I'm sure. I was like, how, I, how tall is Eleanor Beard? Six feet. Six feet. Okay. <laughs> She's a six foot African American woman walking around <laughs> Delhi. Come on, man. You tell me no, people no, no, that, that's, that's not a very. Yeah, I mean, uh, Delhi is a little messed um, up. Let's not. Plus that name, Delhi Capitals. No, what I, the hell does that even mean? Delhi Capitals. Oh, like, well, uh, uh, let's so, not. Let's not even go there. On the, on the other hand, I do think that India will produce a professional. WNBA player before oh, they produce a professional men's player. Oh fuck! Oh, I don't know how to. Like, inshallah, inshallah, definitely. Anything. <laughs> any, <laughs> anything. I, NBA. I just think I. I just think the way the games are laid out and the expectation and the way the approach. Um, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of growth and I think there's more a diverse amount of girls playing versus the the guys playing in there. But, uh, but oh, going back to what the Nuggets' offense is, you know what's the beauty of the Nuggets is that Jamal Murray could go off for 50 points. At any given time, like you have no clue where it's coming from. Like he wakes up one day and all of a sudden he's averaging like 12 points and all of a sudden he hits 50 and you're like, what just happened? Right. And because you have to, because their offense really is like, it's Jokic, right? It's Joker's going to get it and he's going to be Magic Johnson and he's going to make ridiculous passes as a, as a fake center. Uh, and <laughs> just like, call him a fake center. <laughs> How many, like in the ter- truest term of a center, how many times do you see Jokic score with his back to the basket? Not many times, I guess. <laughs> he does, right? Like yeah. he's, a, he's he's even more of a stretch four than he is a center. Well, he starts with the back to his basket, and then he just turns around and puts a nice little like. He like walks away from the basket, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's just, it's not even like a turn around like, jumper. It's a turn around and a shot. It's not. He doesn't yeah. even jump. He just like turns. Yeah. He's like so I'm tall. Face up. Yeah, I think yeah. this is his uh, vertical. Yeah, this, this is, yeah, this is I pretty mean, much it. Mason, on the other hand, Mason Plumlee can actually get off the ground. Oh, surprisingly, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, that's fun. Will Barton can go off. 
you know, they've got guys that can play Trey Lyles, but um, who aren't even in the games right now. But mm-hmm. it's really just if Jamal Murray goes off or not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, and Jamal Murray is, what is he, 21? He's young. He's very right? young, 21, yeah. I mean, 21 or 23, is... one of those, yeah. I feel like he was just at Kentucky. I feel like <laughs> in my brain, like um, – now I have to look it up because I saw him. I met him at the Hall of Fame when he was up there for the induction. I think he played uh, in the rookie year. game like two years ago. So twenty-two day, twenty-two and sixty-nine days yeah. out oh, of Kitchener, but... Canada, right? So Kitchener, Ontario. Um, yeah, I mean he's young. Like this isn't even the best Nuggets we're going to see over the next few years. Mm-hmm. Like they're those two are just going to get better around yeah. each other. Yeah, and their their one-two game is really really good. They have a good like they have a good connection. I think they could be if they if they keep their egos aside. I think they could be kind of like the next Malone. Uh, no, they're very good. They really you, you can see that they can really kind of because Jokic is also a good passer, just the way Karl Malone yeah. was. Karl Malone was a very good Great passer. passer. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, and Jokic is what twenty four. Yeah, he just turned twenty four. Yeah. So they've got. Loads of, can you imagine if the Nuggets had somehow traded for Tobias Harris instead? Oh man! Like they, I'm just saying. Like I can't get over the fact. I, that I was Tobias just thinking Harris. about it yesterday. Is that if if somehow the Nuggets get Clay Thompson, I think that would be what a killer team. I think. I mean, I I'll be I'll be curious who they draft. I think that's going to be very interesting for their squad because they have money, right? They, they have money, but people aren't going. to... People aren't gonna go sign in Denver. That's not like a tier one destination. <laughs> That's true. Like, you know, like like NBA has shifted in that it's not just about money; it's about money outside of the court. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So where can you build your brand? Social media has taught us that. So it's why the Knicks will always be in the conversation. But right. all of a sudden, Brooklyn has shifted that. Mm-hmm. Right. Brooklyn is now. It's in New York City, and they have a shot of signing free agents because they can actually win. Coach, I want to um, ask you something. You think uh, KD will consider the Knicks as uh, as on equal terms with the uh, Nets, maybe? Because uh, uh, that is something Vineet has uh, dismissed outright. He's like, Brooklyn is not New York. Please don't talk about that. Brooklyn is not New York. Brooklyn's not New York. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Sorry, man. Brooklyn is... Do you yeah. not know Biggie Smalls? You deserve to get smacked by P. Diddy, right? Like, I mean, have you not watched any '90s? Rap is, is, is is P. Diddy like, living in Brooklyn now? Probably. No. He probably still has a house there. <laughs> he doesn't live in, in Brooklyn anymore. Pe- people go no, from Brooklyn come... to New York City. That's how it no. is. The poor people no, from New York right City. Now, is... The poor people from New York City go oh, to man, Brooklyn. <laughs> that's how it works. That, that's like thirty years ago. That's thirty years Come ago. Come on, man. That was every hipster in the world. Yeah, hipsters are poor. Man. That's the whole point. That's why they're hipsters. Not in New York. <laughs> not in, they're fake poor in New York. Come it, on. To live in Brooklyn, you still like a one bedroom. I, I'm just saying, like compared to the people living in Manhattan. Month. Wow. Compared, yeah, like, you're like, wow, how much was that? Uh, so <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, no i don't think kd fits with with d'angelo russell mm-hmm. i don't think i think i don't think their games match right russell needs to is, needs to have ball right yeah. and and i don't i think he's at a point where he's not he's not going to give up the ball mm-hmm. right like i don't think he goes there i think if he goes to the to new york i think that Kyrie kd ma- combo is is very very fun, and they both will make a lot of money. Kyrie, KD slash Zion Williamson, maybe. Or is that Zion's too much? <laughs> fun. 
<clears throat> Zion is fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be a good spot because Zion wouldn't have to be the man, uh-huh. right, in that situation. I think, I don't think, I think Zion's developing it, but I don't think he's like this one-on-one, I can break you down yet guy. Okay. In that regard, you're looking at the other two kids in the draft. Barrett okay. um, and... Right. Reddish? Not Reddish. Not Reddish. Reddish is out of Duke. Reddish is very good. When he wants to go, he can go. Um, um, this kid from Murray State, right? Um, but... I think KD Kyrie in New York looks really fun. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be good for basketball. I think it's good for like the game. <clears throat> I think you're going to see some playground pickup stuff happen. Okay. I think, and I think it's New York. I think New New York needs to have, and and it fits with the Knicks being, a, for some reason or not, they've always they've never like because the Celtics have always been like the the premier on the East, right? Mm-hmm. The Knicks get to be the bad guys. I'll go back. So I referenced John Stark. John Stark. Oh, like, could you not imagine like, <laughs> like that, like this hated, two hated athletes in Kyrie and Katie going to New York. Everybody hates them now. Yeah. Right. And and everybody hates the Knicks. Running show. Right. Like all of a sudden you're like, this is. We don't even like the color combination of the Knicks, right? Like, who wants to wear orange and blue like that, right? The only thing is. Um, <clears throat> You know, the only thing is, like, Coach's wife is, is of Indian descent. That's the only reason Ballas Bay should be loving him, right? <laughs> Natasha said is, is Indian, right? Like, that's the only that's the only Knicks connection. Like, I mean, we, if, we, I don't think the Knicks have been good during any of our times. Like, no. they were... Well, I mean, the never, Amari Stardomaya thing was... I mean, I mean, they were not really good yeah, Amari, back Amari Mello for a little yeah, bit was, uh, fun, was fun, right? Yeah. Amari gets hurt. Uh, Melo decides he can, he doesn't have to play defense, <laughs> and they need to buckle over for everything. I mean that right? Uh, I mean the Nuggets took a while to recover from from losing Melo too. Yeah, yeah. Right? They, somehow nobody won. Nobody won in the Melo trade. It took them ten years. Right? Like I want to. I actually want to take a look at that. Right? Like who went to the playoffs between Melo and the Nuggets in that era, and what happened? <laughs> Like which team really? Which which organization really won in a trade of a superstar? I don't know. I I would love to see Kyrie KD. I think it would be really fun for basketball, and it would set up this really fun dichotomy of um, Ball LeBron on the other coast, and then you still got the Splash Brothers, right? Like, Wait, did you, did you say Ball Ball like Lonzo Ball and LeBron? Yeah, because I mean oh that's what God. it would look like, right? A point guard and a and a wing, right? I think Kawhi is going to the Lakers. Kawhi will go to the Clippers. I don't think Kawhi leaves Toronto. Oh. Not after this playoff run. I mean, he just looked really, think, like, really disappointed yesterday. Like, I, I, I don't know if you saw... he did, but I think, and I think that helps them. I don't think he leaves off of like losing, and I don't think he like right now he's too invested. If they've got knocked out in the first round, cool. I think he's invested, mm. and Toronto's Toronto's just such a great city. It fits his mo. Like Toronto is such a hockey city that loves basketball that like there's a. <laughs> 50-50 shot, people don't notice the six, seven man in dreads walking around Toronto. <laughs> right? Like, he could go into a restaurant and there'd be, like, a whole bunch of hockey-loving white people who would never know who he was. Wow. <laughs> That's fair. That makes sense, yeah. That right? was a little extra so, like, features. I see that low-key. I know, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm throwing all this stuff out. People are like, God, I hope I hope the wrong people aren't listening to this. But... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how many white listeners you have in Toronto. But... Uh, we will give you those numbers pretty soon. <laughs> the breakdown, the breakdown by, will, will, will uh, be by, shared very soon by demographics and yeah. <laughs> uh, so so we, we'll have a we'll have a quick rapid fire uh let's go uh 
Favorite basketball player of all time? Michael Jordan. Okay. Kobe or LeBron? LeBron. Lakers or Boston? What? <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh, I think I gotta say Celtics. Celtics. Okay. Uh, Will Chamberlain or Shaquille O'Neal? <gasps> Shaq. Shaq. Oh my God. Only, only questions. No clarifications, please. Okay. Okay. Shaq, you know, yeah, yeah. Yo, young Shaq at, at when he had two percent body fat, unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. If you had to, if you had to build a team today. Who would you start your team with? Of current age, like right now, right, right now, now, yeah. Giannis. Giannis. Yeah, that's it. That's the end of the the rapid fire. Five questions. It was pretty rapid. Uh, coach, one, one, one last question. I mean, yeah. uh, you you've interacted a lot with uh, John Wooden and John Wooden, like legendary uh, in yeah, all yeah. circles. What what is what is something that he's told you that has you know stuck with you all this while? Like something that you um, tell everyone. The Wooden stuff. I think the, the the stuff that people forget is that Wooden was a master of relationships. Okay, uh, I'll say this right: like basketball is basketball, and there's so many ways to cut to cut basketball, and there's no single way that necessarily works. It's how you deal with people, and I think John Wooden and his pyramid of success really felt that way, right? John Wooden had a young man named Lou Alcindor who was converting to Islam, right? In a time in the late 60s in America when people did not like it, right? Muhammad Ali was getting banned, etc. And he takes a young guy named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? Or as he's converting his name. And he stays and creates a relationship. An old white man from Indiana creates a relationship with Lou Alcindor. Like, that's what makes him. And, and at the same time, he can create a relationship with Bill Walton, right? Like, two yeah. very different personalities. And I think that's the biggest thing is he treated each of his players like they were a person and not as a piece of a puzzle, right? And then they, the puzzle came together when you had all these great pieces. And I think I don't, I don't, Coach Wooden was tough. Everything I know about him, Coach Sweek, like he threw Coach Sweek out of a out of a gym. My coach is the only person John Wooden's thrown out of anything. <laughs> uh, there's a whole chapter in his books dedicated to it, so it's kind of funny. But, uh, but it, it speaks volumes. Like I'm not saying he was like – but he, he treated everybody with dignity. And I think – we, lose, we we started to see the loss of that in coaching, especially at the younger levels, right? Like, uh, I have a great mentor named Kevin Sutton, uh, who used to be the head coach at Mountain Bird Academy and uh, is assistant coach right now at Rhode Island. And um, and Kevin calls them, call, he said, your players should be your living trophies as an extension of that woodenism, right? Like, we don't get much as coaches, but those people who live on, those are your living trophies. They represent who you are and that's what you win in life. And uh, I think it's those types of the moments that we forget that basketball creates, right? Like, why is Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson so tight still, right? Like, why are they still so cool around each other? Because there's a relationship. Like, Jeff Van Gundy clearly yelled and flipped out and ran around the court, right? Like, like a madman at times. But his players all knew he loved them, and his players all respected him for it, right? Like, again, look at Jeff Van Gundy. In what way do you ever look at Jeff Van Gundy and go, oh, yeah, that guy's a baller? But every one of his players, right? was was cool with him right uh and i think that's kind of the you know we're seeing that with brad stevens we're seeing that like um there's a relationship that has to exist and i think you can be tough on people but as long as they know they have to know you love them you have to actually love them right you have to actually care and i think that that was one of the last things that uh elena and i were talking about when we were in delhi a few weeks ago was when we had a coach's clinic we were talking so much about that care like 
so many coaches in India right now haven't been taught that part. It just hasn't been part of the culture of like, you can learn the X's and O's. I can teach you a one, three, one zone. I can teach you a two, three, I can teach you a matchup, but Hey, you, your kid has to buy into it, right? Like if your kid doesn't actually, and it, and they have to see that you're, you're fallible, right? Like I have constantly told my players, yo, that's my bad. I picked the wrong defense today. Yo, I gave us the wrong scout on that kid. So here's how we're going to fix it. And that trust is huge because they're going, oh yeah, we can do that. Right. I referenced that we played against DeMatha with Oladipo and Jerry Grant. I had a team of six-foot white kids from the suburbs, and we beat that team, right? Why? Because my kids were like, I'm like, here's how we're going to do it, and I think this is going to work, right? And they bought it. But, even, like, but then you coach till the end. Like, we called a timeout with 45 seconds left, knowing we were going to win the game. And I called it just so that I could keep telling my kids, okay, now is not the time to dance and celebrate, right? Like, we're going to beat a great team. Don't act like jerks. Like you still have to keep coaching. And I think that's what uh, you see more in the college level. I think it's why I coach, it's why John Calipari is so successful. People can talk all the smack they want. And there's rumors about Calipari. There's a reason kids go to play for him. It's because people say he, he cares about his players, right? John Wall will vouch. Anthony Davis vouches, right? Kitty Cat vouches. Um, these guys all vouch for, um, for their coach. Whereas there's players who go to, you know, why didn't Lehigh make the jump after CJ McCollum goes to the NBA? He's not vouching every day for his coach, right? He's not saying, yo, this is where you got. And so that's my translation. I, I don't know if that answers the question or not, but I think when you talk about woodenism, you're talking about building relationships that last and that you can, you can coach hard as long and, but you have to coach earnestly and love a kid versus just yelling at him because you think you're going to get paid. Okay. Uh, so one last question, coach. I mean, uh, they, I, I think this was all the. Uh, this is the third last question. Like all that he's got shit to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to be. I'm, miss, I'm totally missing lunch today. But it's good. <laughs> no, no. I, we'll just wrap it up. Uh, your Mount Rushmore of coach. Uh, John Wooden. Does it have to be pro or college or anywhere? Your uh thing is it's there's Look, not you're an indian podcast asking about mount rushmore at least at least, <laughs> at least i could, i know mount rushmore so uh hey, the nba people nba fans know what mount because i think it was all the craze last year they're like who's your who's your so john wooden red auerbach mm-hmm. phil jackson dean smith mike krzyzewski i'm gonna throw five on there oh which is this rushmore i don't know about this you only, only allowed four yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just gave you five and you're gonna live with it <laughs> You know, <laughs> uh, that's fair. Uh, I, I just don't think you can talk basketball without talking about those five guys um, and that they and how they encapsulated the game. I think it goes back just what I was saying, like relationships, right? Doug Collins had Michael Jordan. Phil Jackson wins with Michael Jordan, right? Um, you know, how do you manage? Phil Jackson manages to win with Kobe and Shaq, right? Um, where some people couldn't. Uh, Right? How many times? I, I think an important thing to always remember is like how many times Kobe missed the playoffs. Right? People are freaking out. LeBron missed it. Right? And it's like the second time he's ever missed the playoffs. <laughs> so, um, I think all of those factors. Thank you once again, Sean. Like we will, of course, uh, see you once again. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, I'm excited, and uh, you know, like I said, I, I definitely want to connect you guys more and uh, and see what else we can do. I think I think you guys are doing something fun here, and I think there's a lot of people who want to talk to you guys. So. Uh, this will be good. Awesome. Thanks. Good times, my friend. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Take, Take care. Bye-bye.